Recording from the Financial Coach offices in Westchester, PA, this is Untucked, a podcast hosted by three financial advisors discussing markets, investing, and a bunch of other stuff. I'm Megan Tate, and I'll be joined by Mike Trainer and Jeff Masternardo. Let's get started. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. On this week's episode, we are um, going to continue the state of Philly sports. We have a follow-up uh, conversation about Adam Newman, the WeWork CEO. Um, we talk about Schwab cutting uh, online trading commissions to zero. We're discussing NCAA athletes being able to be paid under new California law with the Fair to Play Act. And finally, we talk about um, taking a month off of drinking and what month is easiest to do so. Um, the top five this week is athletic feats that professional athletes do routinely that average people can definitely not do. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy. Welcome back to Untucked. I'm Megan, and I'm joined here by... We got Mike. We got Jeff. And back by popular demand is Jeff's fun fact, fun fact to start us off. Did by you... popular demand, I mean one person told me that they liked it. That's good. It's more than last week. <laughs> Did you guys know that birds never crash into each other because they always veer right? Unverified. A study found. Like birds never? Never. Have you can ever you... seen birds crash into each other? No, I haven't. But can you make such definitive statements like that, like always and never? There was bird analysis done on their brains, is what the study said. That fact is not very fun. Just not very fun. <laughs> Guys are bird haters. <laughs> Speaking of birds. Oh, good transition, Meg. Johnny Segway. Um, Philly Sports round Roundup. So we are about a week, no, exactly a week, out from the Eagles win over the Packers. I thought you were going to say the Phillies' 15-inning win against the Marlins. No, I'm not. 159. I don't really want to talk about that, despite being in attendance. Yeah, um, you're right. One week out from the pack. Big pack win. Yeah. In Lambeau. Trains, did you watch any of the game? I did. Watched virtually all of it. Um, not surprising. Not surprising. Birds were due for a win. Pack were due for a loss. It's kind of how it goes, you know? Yeah, I think the distinguishing factor was the Birds had to win that game. They lose that game. Their season is, like, in shambles. Yeah, they responded. Yeah. I don't even – it was so long ago, I don't even remember. Like, no. were there yeah. any interesting plays that we can remember? I thought the couple of headshots were, were pretty, oh, were pretty yeah. brutal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leading with the helmet, guy already – what was the – that was on one of the opening plays, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, um, because – B. Yeah. Bennett? Barrett. 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 Sorry. Barrett. Yeah, horrible play. And then who got taken out by his own player? Maddox? One. Darby? 
one of them. I think Darby left. I think Maddox left. <laughs> a week ago, it was just too long. <laughs> oh, my God, it's crazy. <laughs> All right, well. Well, luckily, I mean, so what, the birds are two and two now. The Cowboys are three and one. And we play the lowly Jets on Sunday, which we should. I mean, I think the birds are favored by 14. They're giving 14 to the Jets. And I think the um, Cowboys are playing the pack. Okay. Yeah, it could be a big. Uh, or the Saints. I guess I could look it up. Okay, okay, regardless. Do you guys feel like the Eagles are poised for now becoming a, like a legitimate contender? Like, did they get all their bullshit play behind them and they're going to be a better team moving forward? Um, let me just step in. The Cowboys played the Saints last week. They have the pack this week. And I'd like to point out that Mike and I, in our last pod, both said before the Packers game, that Eagles were going to make the playoffs. So I guess we should be asking you that question. So I said that, if I remember correctly, that the Cowboys look like they're the best team in our division Yep. at that point. I still stand by that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles haven't, other than beating the Packers, they haven't, and, and it wasn't like a very convincing win the entire game you're just you're like here we are again another nail biter they never just beat the crap out of somebody and the cowboys continue to handle their business man cowboys beat the giants the redskins and the dolphins mm -hmm. yeah, are they, they convincing they're just as big of frauds as the patriots right now patriots like same like pretty much the same schedule jets really? miami yeah hmm Comparing the Patriots to the Cowboys, I feel like it's a little bit. No, I'm just saying they're like I think the Patriots are frauds, right? Like my son picked up their defense, like oh they got the I got the Patriots defense, they're so good. I'm like they've played. Lit Buffalo was the other team that New England played. They played Steelers, they, Dolphins, Jets. They played no Bills. one. Yeah, and then they have the Redskins this week. Look, and then they who they and have? And then had, they have the Giants. Yep, after that. they have the 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 cake. biggest cake schedule I've ever seen. I mean, I think the Eagles. Oh, they play the Eagles. Yeah, I hope the Eagles improve. I mean, I think they can. I hope they they can. But right now, I'm not confident to say they're better than the than, but, than the Cowboys. Right, they're two and two, and they've played a lot of bad minutes of football in those four games. A lot, a lot more than they should and will. So you got if you believe in you know reversion to normal, they're going to play much better than they have. And so, I mean, they should put a lot of Ws on the on the board. I hope so. I mean, look, I'm a Birds fan. I just. They haven't shown me that they're that they're poised to do that, and then they keep getting hurt. Yeah, I mean Deshaun out, Alshon still a little nicked up, although he he may be 100 percent healthy now. But their their defense, their cornerbacks, their safeties are, I mean they're they're like all out. So I I mean as as hard as and as as well as we think they will play, I just don't know if they have the bodies to do it. Guess we'll see. But you're confident. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not going to take the stance you are and like just pick it apart because that's not fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Phil's are finally dead, thank God. Thank God. We I, should we even talk about them? No, okay, we can skip that. Do you, but do you put a big disappointment on the season? I yes. Mean, weren't there expectations for at least playing in October? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, I'm personally not disappointed because I really don't care. Me neither. Me neither. So I would say for the city of Philadelphia and the Phillies fans, yeah, it's probably a disappointment, right? 
But yeah, you would. I mean, both of you would rather be watching the Phillies in the playoffs than not, right? I don't the know that I'd watch. The only time that would happen is if they're in the World Series. Yeah, so not watching them until they get there. <laughs> you guys are freaking pathetic, dude. I went to a 15 inning game, checked the box for three seasons. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, don't come like, oh, don't be like a huge Phillies fan when they're like in contention and they're in the playoffs and they're going to the World Series. No, I think I, it's bullshit. You can't just like tune in for the World Series. I am a self-admitted Fairweather fan. That's You're most allowed of Philadelphia to do that. sports fans, pretty much. They also Maybe the exception of the Eagles, but like every Flyers, Sixers, oh nobody my God. shows up until they're doing well. Everyone's going to be a Sixers fan for the next three years. I'm excited for the Sixers. I hope they can do something like make it to the playoffs they'll make two rounds yeah i'd be excited about they gotta get the one seed that's what brett said he wants the one seed brett brown i don't i don't don't want to go out with another what do they call it the double doink the double doink was the on the uprights well it was the quadruple doink yeah the Kawhi's game winner bounced off the rim four times Still a sensitive subject, Jeff. I mean, I saw it the other day, and I almost cried watching it. Like, I forgot that it happened. I blocked it out. I listened to Embiid on Zach Lowe's podcast, and um, Zach Lowe brought that up and was like, what was your first reaction? And Joel was like, I didn't have one. Like, I couldn't even believe that it all came down to that. Season Falling over. out of bounds. Bouncing off the rim four times. But he's lost 20 pounds. He says he feels really good. He's got his diet in check. Hopefully he doesn't get sick. Hopefully his knees hang hang in. Should be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Sixers. What's Fly guys? Not much to say. They start tomorrow. Season opener. Oh, in uh, in Prague, right? Yeah. Do you yeah. have like a big house party for the, for the no, season opener? No, 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 no. But, uh, 2 p.m. start time. It's a 2 p.m. start, which is tough. But uh, I think they're going to be they're going to be good. I think they're going to be good. I say that a lot, but they're going to be fine. Why is a 2 p.m. start on a Friday tough? It's, that's like fantastic. He has kids in school. I'm going to be dude. in my car Where are you? tomorrow. So. <laughs> we don't have to get into, yeah, we have to get into that. <laughs> Your weekend my plans. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners want to know, Mike. Um, okay, we good. On sports? Yeah. yeah. So last week we talked about, we actually released the pod, recorded and released the pod the day Adam Newman stepped down, the now disgraced CEO of WeWork. Um, so there was an article on New York Magazine, I guess it's probably in the magazine, but on their website. At what point does Maleficence become a fraud? Um, New York biz school... So NYU Biz School professor Scott Galloway on WeWork. It was kind of an interview style article. The author, James Walsh, um, was kind of just having a conversation with Galloway, um, who back in 2017 indicated that he felt WeWork was overvalued. Um, And the rest of the article was just really Scott answering questions about what happened, how much of this was because of leadership, Adam Newman specifically, and then what does this fallout look like? Well, Galloway is, um, you know, NYU professor turned into sort of like, he, he's taken on like a bit of a new persona. He, he's, he's made a name for himself, kind of being a little bit irreverent, but, but 
pretty smart about analyzing like the big tech companies, you know, okay. specifically Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, and now obviously Uber others, Uber and all. And he has, he usually has a pretty good take on them. He was dead right about, about WeWork and his whole point in this interview slash article is, is, is good. I mean, he's harsh on all of the obviousness of, of the, you know, idiocy of, of, um, Newman and SoftBank and, and also the, the investment banks that propped up this valuation where we're getting ready to sell this piece of shit to retail investors for a 40 or 50 or $60 billion valuation. That's probably worth nothing. Um, and that's a whole nother point, but his, his main point that I thought, which, which is kind of lost is because everyone's focused on Newman and walking away with 750 million. And, but there's thousands of employees that we work that are screwed and that we're about to become really well off um, and are now left with holding the bag with nothing. And that's, that's a real shame. Um, and I thought that was a pretty good point. Yeah. It's the one that resonated the most with me. And like, I, I keep, picturing adam newman with his 750 in the bank walking around like how can that guy like live with himself he's not walking around the united states yeah he's he's gonna be in hiding undercover somewhere there's fifteen thousand employees are gonna want to like murder him really soon yeah that was the most disappointing part of of it mike do, do you have like the logistics on how he got that 750 out of it I forget how that happened. He sold shares during the, the a private the, like the pri- fundraising. A he sold shares. Round. Yeah, I mean, which is kind of a not typical scenario, right? I mean, but but it was allowed to happen, and you got to blame the the people that were investing and the board members and everyone that's involved for allowing it to be such a shit show, right? Because the employees didn't have that option. No, that, that had shares in the company. They weren't able to sell their shares. No. That's and and I think those that were there was it was at a very um, a discounted rate to what he got. Right, right. So there's all kinds of aspects to this that are that are just bad. The good thing though is that if you think about this, it wasn't a scandal. It wasn't a like accounting fraud. It wasn't like a um, what what brought this whole thing down was just people doing basic math. Once once the public once the the filings were public and people read it. They basically said, this is a piece of shit. This isn't worth anything. And then it just it just snowballed from there. And thankfully, it never saw the light of day. And also the collateral damage is interesting because like Peloton and all these others that are yeah. also telling the same bullshit story, which right. is that we're, in the, we're a happiness company. We sell happiness. So like, no, stop. Like, you're a business or you're not, right? And, yeah. and we're going to value you based on what you actually you know bring in the door. Do you feel like this is a product of just the market and investors wanting to find the next Google, the next Microsoft and, and just believing these bullshit stories like, yeah, WeWork's going to take over the world. And you know, we're going to, we're going to, we want to be investors. It's Amazon envy. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. You know, point. everyone's like points to Amazon, like look at what they've done. And they now can even just mention a, a, an industry that they're going to compete in. And all the, all the stocks get hammered because Amazon's so powerful and ubiquitous it's that people are trying to find that next one, and maybe there isn't one, at least for, not right now. Yeah, and it's just it's never that obvious when it's happening. I mean, remember Amazon was a book company. Like you didn't think of Amazon when they were a book company. You go, oh man, they're gonna they're gonna be huge. I mean, right. And now they now they are like taking over the world. 
Um, I hope. I mean, is it possible that that Newman gets sued? Yeah, I mean, Galloway implies that that some enterprising lawyer is going to find a way to file something against this guy, per, you know, civil or whatever. And I'm sure there'll be some fallout. There's there's too many there's too many people impacted, too much money at stake, right? I, I would think so. I'm very curious to see what happens to all those locations. I think he mentioned something in the article, like hoping that um, they can just shut down locations and that won't impact the, the, the corporation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's amazing how quickly this fell on top of itself. Like now, you know, property owners, if they hear WeWork wants to lease, they're saying no. Just right. No. I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> it's crazy. What's the difference? So this is an IPO. What would have happened if they did a direct listing? There's no funding, right? Like, how does that? What would? What could the impact have been? So he wouldn't have had the money, right? Because the funding rounds wouldn't have existed. Well, even in an IPO, that it, it varies how much the selling stockholders get in it versus you know, some sometimes not much at all, right? Um, well, I'm, I guess I'm using maybe like as an extreme example, like saying in his in WeWork's IPO as it happened or didn't happen, I guess, assuming all of those financials stayed in place, but they opted for the direct listing instead. That means that none of the funding, like they don't need that funding to list. Like what's the difference? The difference is really the mechanics of how it's sold. Okay. Um, you know, in, in a regular IPO, you have in this case, JP Morgan and Goldman and all the usual names telling some story to the investment community about what it's worth and how, how much it's going to be worth in the future. And more importantly, if you think about it, you've got, you know, the private wealth groups at Goldman and JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley and all the others that are, who are they selling that to? They're selling it to retail investors ultimately. And, um, in a direct listing, that's, that's not part of the equation at all. Right. So, um, in that case, Retail investors might have been spared. Yeah, um, they were spared in this case, which is were. good. Right. Yeah. The right. only the, the people that are are really the ones that that are the taking employees. hit are the employees. Right. Yeah. Fifteen thousand of them. That's going to be reduced to about five thousand. How much longer do you think we'll be talking about this? Uh, Galloway's quote was that we were took a took a shit in the IPO pond and has poisoned it for all of these companies that are that are coming out with a similar story, which is that, you know, we have a product, which, you know, it's kind of a basic run of the mill product, but no, we're, we're actually a platform that's going right. you know, to do, do this, that, and the other thing. And people are now saying, and rightfully so, they're saying, hold on a second, hold on a second. We're done with this. And that's good. Like yeah. the market has stepped in and said, whoa, hold on. Uh, it's not worth anywhere near where, what you're, what you're trying to convince us to. So, I think the 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 upshot is all all good because it's it people talk about bubbles and valuations being high. Well, this is a great example of the market working, and the, here we have the companies that deserve to be priced where they are are priced where they are. Yeah, right? you're not a fan of Peloton. You don't think uh, twenty five hundred dollars? <laughs> I don't have a strong opinion about the product, but I think to Mike's point, it it's a product, and I don't know that it has to be sold as this lifestyle like choice you're you're trying to get in shape by jumping on a bike great good good for you doesn't make you part of some like special community well that's that's what peloton's creating that's what they're trying, trying to, create. to create yeah yeah i think peloton, a lot of similarities yeah, yeah Pel- and peloton's even riskier because we know the the shelf life of of 
of like workout systems, right? So people yeah. get on them and they'll do it for a month and then it's, I'm out of that community and that platform. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Peloton. They went public, what, a week ago? Something like that. How are they doing? Anybody know? Not well. Not great. <laughs> Not well. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of things, i am got a couple good transitions today, guys. Yeah. Speaking of things that are good for investors, <laughs> um, Schwab and TD Ameritrade recently, I guess within the last, what, two or three days now, um, announced that the commission fee uh, trading on stocks, exchange-traded funds, and options has been reduced to zero. So this obviously affects our clients and the asset management that we do. It also impacts any retail investor, any brokerage investor on these platforms. Um, we think it's a win all around, I believe. Unless Huge you guys win, feel yeah. Differently. Um, where do you want to start? Well, I mean, I'll say that what I was surprised at was the market's reaction to the news, which I like think the I'll, stock market. Yeah. So yeah. October 1st, Schwab announced, and I think immediately the stock was down 10%. TD Ameritrade down 20 something, E Trade down in the teens. They got hammered. And my first thought is, like, what? Who was surprised at all by this? Right. Who didn't see this coming? You know, whether it was in 2019 or 2020, but it, it was coming. And, um, Schwab chose to rip the Band-Aid off first. Um, they probably did it because they need to be aggressive in the wake of interest rate spreads compressing and them being caught with their pants down. They had to lay off a bunch of people because they, they thought rates were going to be going up. And Schwab makes most of his money on interest rate spreads. They're basically more of a bank than a broker. And at the end of the day, the commission revenue from these stock and ETF trades is small relative to Schwab's other business. So so I guess my point is I'm, I'm surprised that the market was not anticipated or didn't already price this into the, 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 um, the prices of these, comp- these stocks. But it also underscores what's happening both with investment managers, the vanguards, the Black Rocks, um, and the platforms, the brokerage platforms, the Schwabs and the like all of the power is being concentrated in those that have the scale. And if you don't, you're done, you're screwed. It's going to be, you know, fees for um, managing mutual funds are being compressed. They're going down to, you know, zero, zero, zero yeah. for index funds and um, lower and lower for anything active. And then obviously on trading the ETFs at zero. So great shift of the economics from, from the providers of the products to the investors in them. That's a huge win. Not that different than Amazon, right? Who's the biggest winner from Amazon? Other than obviously the company, um, you know, the, the value of the company itself. It's customers, right? Yeah. Unequivocal, hands down. And this is no different. So it's great for the consumer. Um, it sucks for those that are competing with Schwab and with Vanguard and with BlackRock because they're, you know, they're going to have a tough go of it with no money to be made um, in the traditional ways. So I had two reactions to this article. The first one was, holy shit, TD Ameritrade's commission revenue on What was trades. that number? 220 to 240 million in quarterly per, revenue. Per quarter, yeah. Holy hell, that's a lot of trades. That's, I mean, that blew my mind. 
So that's obviously why it was such a huge hit for them. Uh, the other thing that it got me thinking about was like the commoditization of our business and trading and mutual fund management and ETFs and index funds. And then they, you know, they always throw in financial planning and Vanguard is creating a financial planning robo or has created it already. And I, sh- and maybe I'm biased because it's my, my, my role and what I do for a living, but how do you commoditize that? How do you commoditize sitting down with someone and they're talking about, should I buy my house or should I rent? And what's the best for me and my family? Because it's, I just, I just don't think that's a computer generated answer. And we can, we can use better examples than that one. That's the only one I can think <laughs> off the top of my head with the two of you staring at me. But um, well, I mean, what, what, what do you guys, I mean, do you feel like, yeah, financial planning eventually will be dinosaurs and will be extinct or it, there's just too much human nuance. element in it? No, I, I agree with you. It's just whenever we get anywhere close to this topic, you bring this up, which I'm- is fine. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I hate you. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I think there's there's way too much um, human requirement for for what we do, and that the commoditization is going to continue to be led in the asset management space, which is an important part of what we do, and it's going to enhance our ability to do our job because we can spend less time running the money you know, and, and worrying about tax loss harvesting opportunities because we can automate that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and more time sitting in front of our clients, whether it's in the traditional sense in the same room as them or, you know, on a computer screen and be able to answer their questions, address their concerns. So I'm I'm in agreement. Absolutely. The other thing that the other, the other aspect to this, and I'm, this is more from Ameritrade and E-Trade's perspective, is just it's astonishing that how many people are still out there like day trading because all that 250 million a quarter in revenues, a lot of that's come from those, those types. And it's incredible that that still goes on to the extent it does. The day trading. And I mean, I, I, re, I think it was about three months ago. We looked at a prospective client's statement and they paid something to the tune of three or $400 for a stock trade. And I remember looking at you going, do you believe that someone actually still p- paid a stockbroker to sell a stock when TD Ameritrade E-Trade exists? I can't believe people are still doing that. Well, yeah, you're right. But even the in actuality, the economics of executing a stock trade now are so like it's not five dollars. It's not one dollar. It's pennies. It's, it's fractions of a penny. And and even at five dollars a trade, those margins were enormous. Yeah. So you can imagine like Morgan Stanley charging somebody, you know, 150 bucks to, to buy like 10 shares of Apple. <laughs> what I found interesting, um, a lot of the people I follow on Twitter are in the financial services industry. And a lot of the sentiment was, yes, this is ultimately a good thing for investors. But and it was kind of dealing with that, you know, day trading mentality. Like if this actually matters to you, your approach is wrong. Yeah, 100%. Right? So like, yes, we recognize that when we have to tax loss harvest or when we make an allocation change on behalf of a client, like this benefits them incrementally. But if $5 a trade matters to you, like big picture, 
then holy shit, how off base are you? Yeah, you're probably losing money anyway. <laughs> I thought that was... Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, if you're concerned about this, then there's something wrong with your approach. I do wonder, though, one of the big... This has just occurred to me, but one of the big things about 401ks not really being a good place for ETFs has been this issue. There's transaction fees associated with every trade, commissions oh. specifically. And does this create a huge opportunity for ETFs to reside more you know, prevalently in 401ks going would, forward. Would stocks fall in the same conversation? Yeah. Being able to buy individual securities in, in your 401k other than just your company? For, your company? Sure. Why not? I didn't know that, that that's why 401ks were so Mutual fund centric. Yeah, heavily weighted to mutual funds. Interesting. That would be great if if it did, because that's where the majority of wealth is accumulated in America. The the mutual fund companies like the T Rose and the um, you know Franklins and all those, they must be just crapping their pants because this has just made ETFs the vehicle of choice, you know, for pretty much yep. anyone. And uh, and and by the way, like. If you're at, you're at a wirehouse brokerage or a traditional brokerage sort of platform and you were thinking about going independent RIA, this just removed Go. one of the big barriers, which was, oh, but I, now I have, I have transaction fees I have to pay at yeah. my custodian. It's gone. I mean, we could see such a big Mass acceleration, exodus. even more so than we already have. So yeah. it, it's a big deal for a lot of reasons. But again, back to the, the most important one is, more money in investors' pockets, better returns net of fees and costs. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but it, it's nice to see, because I'm not a Wall Street hater, but I am, a, I am a Wall Street, you know, investment brokerage firm fat cat hater. Like, I hate these firms that just are just making money $240 million a quarter off investors. Um, so getting away from a lot of that, crap that happened in 09, 08, and 2000, 2001 when Lehman went out of business and you're seeing all these executives that make tons of money and are taking their private jets to their company parties. Like hopefully we're just flushing all of that crap out of the system. Sorry, for, sorry to vent. Soapbox. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to booze. Oh no, we're not no. on booze yet. Sorry. Patience. Um, we're going to talk about the NCAA first. So California signed the Fair to Play Act into legislation, legislation I guess it was, either early this week or late last week. Um, this basically allows amateur athletes the ability to be paid or compensated in some form or fashion for their images, for their names, and for their likeness. It also gives them the opportunity to hire agents. So... It's California state specific, but it's really the first step in attempting to really change the way that the NCAA operates um, and the insane amount of money that they make from these amateur athletes. Um, I mean, I think we kind of talked about this. Like none of us think that the NCAA is like this stand up business, right? No, I mean, they're they're already doing so much dirt to pay these athletes and which has been a lot of the argument like just make it legal right i i mean i agree with it I, I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it so let me let me preface my opinion <laughs> with that but if 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 this stops or can help eliminate some of the 
backdoor gambling, not gambling, but um, the hell's the word I'm looking for? Greasing these players the way they shouldn't be doing, then, then yeah, good on California for trying to make it legal. Yeah, surprisingly, I'm, I'm all behind something California's pushing for. <laughs> but, uh, and, and yeah, like I think I, I, I just struggle to understand the argument against this. Something I don't like understand who would argue for why. I mean, I, I, I get the, the company line, which is they get their scholarship and that's their compensation for their athletic. Um, right. They're students their trade, first. But, you know, first of all, very few of them are going to ever make a living playing the sport. Mm-hmm. Why not let them get paid if they possibly can while they're mm-hmm. while they're doing it? They're getting physically abused. I mean, they're putting their bodies on the line every day at practice, every week at the game, and some of these kids are going to go pro or make a practice squad or something, gain rep. And if they get injured for putting themselves on the line, they should be compensated for it. Why not? I loved his one point where he said any other student can open a YouTube channel and promote their craft, whether it be music or singing or whatever, and get paid for it. Why can't these kids? I thought that was a great point. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Mike. I can't even understand why people don't want to see this happen. And I think it's because the NCAA has a monopoly on college sports. They're the only option kids have mm-hmm. to try to to go to the next level. And yeah, there are the very, very, very few who ultimately end up, you know, playing professionally. But that percentage, like, first of all, as a, as a percentage of all student athletes, and then as a percentage of college students, it's insane. It, it's, it's, it's such a small, small number that the fact that they can't take advantage of being popular in their town for yeah, four yeah. years or likely less than. That's the other thing that's crazy. Like we're talking about Zion Williamson from Duke last year. He played for one year. Like you're, you're not talking about having to pay him for four years. Right. He was there for a year. And I understand there's logistics in it. Like does Zion get the same compensation model as Sally who plays field hockey at, I don't know, Frankfurt's like I don't don't think this article applies to the field hockey players no it applies to everyone but my point like that I think that's some of the pushback it's like how do you construct that model it's like they'll figure it out yeah the smart people will figure it out right let's agree that Sally's as popular in her small podunk town relatively speaking as Zion may be so they get paid something yeah no controversy at this table on this one. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, so we're done. I actually think this, the signing of it, of the bill or whatever, occurred on LeBron's um, HBO. love for LeBron. HBO show, The Shop. No, I tried to watch it, and I don't think it's out yet, but I'm pretty sure the guy actually signs it. Like, they filmed him doing it on that show. <laughs> Which is probably another reason I wholeheartedly agree with it. (laughs) Sober September. Never even heard of it until... Did not know it was a thing. Uh, So this article on Market Watch was released like halfway through September, which obviously the month is over. Um, But I thought it was just interesting. There was a poll conducted by UBS. Like, Why is UBS... uh, It's so random. 
But whatever. I guess they're trying to predict where these companies, because it's specifically talking about White Claw and Truly, like how those companies are going to fare. Um, 1,055 alcohol drinkers. 34% of the respondents indicated they were likely to participate in Sober September. Um, I guess my question to you guys is, if you were to be sober for an entire month, what month would it be? What month would it be easiest, I guess, is kind of how you have to look at this. Quacktober? What? It's What's a month that, that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it that month. There's always something, man. I was thinking February could be the easiest. Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, except for that. <laughs> but but you could I could get past that. There's nothing else. Valentine's what if the birds Day. were in? <laughs> what if the birds are in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Well, Je- according to Jeff, it's not happening. <laughs> so. Super Bowl. We but, gotta win a game. But other than, <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't be a summer month. It can't be nope. November, or December. Nope. Um. You know, January. You know, because you got football playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's out. March, I mean, when's you guys pre- would be like March Madness. <laughs> Why the do you pre- always bring up the preachers? It's sadly an awesome part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with February. I, I just, February. I, I can't find a better better alternative. What's in April? Well, Jeff goes to opening day of the Phillies. So. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I'm not that big of a Phillies fan. I'm just more of a Phillies fan than you guys. Which is not hard. Um, I think April. What's el- What's in April? Nothing. It's my birthday. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, I, don't, I don't really care. Yeah. April's actually okay. Although, no, it's hockey playoffs. Oh, it's more the reason for me yeah. to participate in sober April. <laughs> I mean, sober September has a good ring to it. Sober April sounds stupid. No, it's uh, alcohol awareness April <laughs> is what it's called. Yeah, she she talked about that. Whether it's April alcohol awareness month <laughs> or sober September. They encourage adults to moderate their drinking and, you know, track how much and make sure they're doing it appropriately. I didn't actually read the article, did you? Nope, I did not. (laughs) I read it. Yeah, they want uh, adults to make sure they're staying within moderate drinking guidelines. So maybe we should talk about that a little bit. I, I didn't understand why truly and, you know, sparkling seltzers were highlighted does people do people really drink they're hi- those oh yeah my they're, God, high- they're so popular yeah okay they're they're insanely popular amongst the youngers <laughs> are we getting on the millennials the youngsters <laughs> yeah we're, millennials yeah. love yeah it's seltzers. huge it's, it's right. huge they, the trolleys and all that um they're I, okay. i've tried them i don't even i don't find them that enjoyable i don't like them i mean they're just not filling that's probably the only they're low-cal. They're, I mean, like 45 to 6%. Like, you get alcohol. Um, they, I love carbonation. They're, like, too carbonated for me. Um, some of the flavors are not great. It just tastes really artificial to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I don't like. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, apparently they're, they were... Cons- well, I think they were saying that Sam Adams is the one that makes... Truly or Boston Beer Company. And 
I was kind of shocked by what the percentage of their revenue came from sparkling. I think it was like 17% of the revenue from Boston Beer Company comes from. Um, I just don't think, I think it's a fad. I think the, the trulies of the world are going are gonna to go away soon. At least to the extent they're being drank now. I, I don't know. I think it's, I think about like younger me, college me, and having that on the table as opposed to like Beer. Burnett's. No, like Burnett. You know what I mean? Like rubbing alcohol vodka. Mad Dog was ours. It was Oof. our version of Truly, which was god awful. It is. Yeah. What I didn't understand about the article was, since I'm the only one who read it, um, why they were so concerned about the month of September affecting sparkling cider sales. Isn't don't they have an entire beer company? And were the were the liquor companies concerned as well? Nothing. You guys got nothing on this article. Probably. I, the only thing I'll say is there is no chance that one out of three people who are supposed alcohol drinkers are considering doing a full sober September. There's no chance. I didn't even know it was a thing. I don't actually know that it is a thing, and I don't really think we have a ton um, to cover uh, on this article, so let's just move on to the top five. What was our top five again? (laughs) What was our top five? Um, Top five athletic feats professional athletes do routinely that average people 100,000% cannot do. Don't have a chance. Even right. if they like trained for their entire lives. Okay, so it's not pitching a no hitter. It's an no. actual like um, athletic move or maneuver or play that's that's sure. routine. Okay. Oh, yeah. God. Now you. I mean, I have one that's probably not applicable. Okay, who wants to go first? All right, I'll I'll go first. Do it. No particular order. Winning a game in a tennis match against a professional, a top tennis player. Winning a game. Four points. <clears throat> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's never going to happen. Never would happen. I would argue winning a point. <laughs> I mean, I, I, would, I would almost go with the point, but there could be like a double fault. No, assuming, <laughs> assuming you take the double fault or a fault out of it, there's no way. Or and returning a certain, like returning. There's no a, way an average human being could do it. And we're, yeah. we're not even talking about Serena or Federer or Nadal. Talking we're talking like ranked, about. Like just a ranked. We're talking about the 100,000th ranked professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no chance to no average chance. person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second one I had was kick a 50-yarder. Kick a 50-yard field goal. I disagree. That's fairly routine. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like I, most NFL kickers are going to nail that most of the time. You can't. The average Joe would never be able to get close to a fifty-yard field goal. So you think like a would a would a college soccer player in a D two school be considered an average Joe? No, I thought that was the the top five. Is we're talking about average Joes? Who's average an average Joe? Like me? <laughs> you in like you with like maybe twenty pounds is an average Joe. Okay, so what about like like just a kid who who? All right, I'll take it. I'll accept it. All right. I have another one, and I could use any any of these in this sport, but score on an NHL goalie. <laughs> we knew we were getting hockey. I was right. trying so hard to add a hockey one to my yeah. list, and I was like, I, mean, I just, no I, concept. I, could, I think I you're probably anything. right with that, yeah. Strike out a – not even – strike out a major league batter. Oh, a thousand Strike percent. out. Yeah. 
Yeah, they Makes wouldn't sense. even get. They wouldn't even throw a strike. Mm-hmm. Or or any but one in the minor leagues for that yeah. matter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then and then the last one I have, and I'm going to the realm of track and field. Run the 400-meter hurdles in under a minute. <laughs> because that's a routine outcome for anyone who, who's like good at that. I'm very impressed by you on that one. Because the hurdles, 400 hurdles was one of mine. But then I said, well, people will be able to be able to do it, but not in under a minute. Yeah. The 400-meter, take the hurdles off the <laughs> right. fucking track, is horrible. My the coach. worst race in track. Is that in track or yeah. track? My coach tried to get me to do the 400 hurdles. I was like, no way. I'll run the 400. I'm not running and jumping. You're freaking crazy. You're dead. Like, you you are so tired at the end of that race. Oh, exhausted. I don't think the average Joe can jump a hurdle. Or even do one hurdle. Yeah, I don't even think they can run over and jump over a hurdle. I consider myself to be, like, marginally athletic, and I don't think I could do that. (laughs) I know you can't do that. Shut up. All right. I'll go. Okay. So I had again in no particular order uh, rings like the the gymnastic mm-hmm. rings, and I think I took it a step further because maybe somebody can do a ring, but there's no way anyone's like dismounting <laughs> from the rings and landing it. Any form of professional half piping, BMX, right, that's a good oh. one. Snowboarding, like what they do. I mean, there's there's no way. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'm going to throw pole vault in there because I just, I know. I thought of pole vaulting, but I knew you were going to take it. There's no way anyone can pole vault. Well, but like people do. So like high pole vaults, because like there are high school athletes who pole vault. Right, but if you get the average Joe and say, hey, you've never done this before. Does the average Joe get one shot at it or can they practice? We said they can practice. Yeah, see, I think maybe the average Joe could figure it out i think the pole would break dude <laughs> you have to be a very particular body type yeah because yeah. like, the average joe slim. the average joe is like 200 pounds dude there's no way yeah he's getting he's over the bar breaking <laughs> cracking the pole uh the high platform dive no way what first of all like sticking the dive or actually like actually landing in the water doing a dive like, give me a dive, whether it be the I can't even I can't even name one, like a double front or whatever the hell they're called. There's no way. Or just when you're when you're facing backwards and like you an jump inverted, out and then yeah. dive. I don't mean like the pencil going in head first or, or feet first. I mean you do a flip. You get you would get some points for the pencil, I think. Though. <laughs> Assuming you had limited splash. <laughs> I just I think half of half of the average Joes wouldn't even I mean they're, they're afraid of heights wouldn't even go okay to the top. I guess and the other half there's no way they can pull off a dive hell no I think I disagree but okay. that's okay okay um, monster truck flips landing a monster there's no way you know like the grave digger you're going beyond the realm that's of sports that's not athletic that's a sport yeah, no <laughs> so indie car racing of- isn't a sport what type of athleticism does flipping a monster truck require? I don't know, but I know it's pretty hard to do. You just have to be insane. <laughs> True. I don't think so. that's why I didn't. I didn't put any golf things in here because I didn't. Because there's a lot of average Joes that are good golfers. Seriously, there's, there's nothing on the golf course the average Joe can't do. That's my point. Right? Like, what's, so go- what's the greatest thing? A hole in one. Average Joes hit hole in ones all like, the time. Like hitting a 325 yard drive. There's 
play yeah. average Joe's. I, I, I know a guy. Right, shooting sixty eight. Like there's plenty of yeah. good golfers who are average Joe's. So it, like that's the weird thing about golf, and maybe this is a future topic. It doesn't count as a sport. Yeah, it is not a sport. It's not an exceptional sport at all. Um. Okay. So you, did you have your? That's five? it. Yep. Okay. So I had dunk a basketball over NBA players, and I yeah. like. Yeah. Because yeah, average Joe's can dunk a basketball. Like put, and it maybe not an NBA. Really? Can you dunk, Jeff? No, not even close. Average. There are like. I'm below huge. average, Mike. <laughs> a dunk a basketball people can do agreed i think okay. an average and you don't even i shouldn't even have to qualify with nba defenders with any defender like me defending an average joe it would probably mess up the dunk <laughs> okay. yeah so i find this impressive every time it happens throwing an outfielder in baseball throwing a runner out at home base good at call home plate. yeah good call no what if you're mind. a former, you know, like high school slash college dude. baseball player? I, dude, no, no, no. There, I feel like every time I see it, I'm like, how did he get him? If you have a gun or a good arm, you're you can do that. They're not throwing against pro- like professional baseball Runners. players who run a lot. All they faster. have to do is is be accurate with the throw and maybe no. one hop it in the no, home. It's got to be fast know? too. They don't throw it hard enough. That's why they're not in the pros, dude. Mm, no, that's because they what can't do you mean? hit. It's because mm. they couldn't hit. <laughs> Yeah, it's because they couldn't hit. They have shit for arms, but they can't. They they, they can hit, so we'll take them. All right, I'll, I'm I'm not giving you that one. But go ahead. Catch a football one-handed with a defender. Yeah, probably not. Like one-handed. I was thinking about oh, something one-handed. similar. I was mine was though actually run like a 28 yard route against a pro D back and, and make the catch, make any catch. Yeah. That's a good one. I would like to see that, like see an average Joe <laughs> try to like juke out. Yeah. <laughs> the defender would just stand like there, Darby. let the average Joe <laughs> right. like, do his thing and then pick him up. <laughs> Wait, there's a show. There was a yeah, show was called a average show Joe. Called average <laughs> um, Bend it like Beckham. Like kick a soccer ball so it curves? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, average Joes can do that. Have you seen one? And actually score on like a pro goalie? Goaltender? She didn't say that. She just said kick the ball and make it curve. Well, you're kicking the ball to make it curve to avoid defenders so it goes in the goal. Oh, so do that. <laughs> okay, yeah. They but can. in a game, right? Game game conditions. I mean, so, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I think like she's po- just making this more difficult <laughs> no, than but she I, originally I, thought. I guess my point is that, like, doing that consistently so it actually avoids human beings is pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay. We don't agree? Well, I just don't like soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I think a kid in college can do that. But is that an average Joe? Oh. This was a dumb time. <laughs> <laughs> and this one's not going to apply. My God, was this eight for you? How many you got? <laughs> no, this is yeah. what I said. Uh-huh. Um, free solo rock climbing. Uh, I thought of that. I agree 100%. <clears throat> yeah, agree. I recently watched free solos. So yeah, well, 100%. How sweaty were your hands while you were watching that? So stressful. So <laughs> stressful. Hey, well, everybody, thanks wrap for it? joining us. This, uh, I think this that wraps it. <laughs> That's all we have for today. Thanks for listening. Um, The articles we discussed on today's pod will be linked in the episode description on either Spotify or iTunes. Make sure you follow our Twitter at UntuckedPod 
for updates on new episodes. See you guys next time.